The Now Habit by Neil Fiore. One sentence summary. The Now Habit is a strategic program to help you eliminate procrastination from your life, bring fun and motivation back to your work, and enjoy your well-earned spare time without feeling guilty. My favorite quote from the author is, The choice is not working or not working, but which type of work. Even feeling guilty because of procrastinating takes some effort. New Fiori. When I just learned how long this book has been around, I was shocked. It combines so many now common productivity practices that at first I thought it might have been an aggregation of a lot of them. In fact, it just might be the original source. This book dates back to 1988. A crucial difference in how it tries to remove procrastination from your life is that it focuses on the potential upsides instead of obsessing over avoiding your distracting habits. If you don't focus on what will make your life better, the best you can hope for is that your life won't get worse. So bringing back to your work the fun and drive you had as a kid is essential for this to work. Dr. Neil Fiore has even developed his own program to help people implement the strategies from the book. Here are three lessons to show you where procrastination comes from and how to deal with it. 1. Procrastination is trained into us. 2. Try to unschedule your life. 3. Record your distractions to block them. I hope you've stretched your leg because we're about to kick procrastination in the butt. Hi-ya! The Now Habit. Lesson 1. We're not innately lazy. Procrastination is trained into us as kids. This answers the question, where does our drive to procrastinate come from? Has anyone ever taught this kid some discipline? Is probably in the top 10 sentences uttered by grandparents on a regular basis. Often shaped by wars and economic depression, older people often had no choice but to grow up fast and tighten their belts. Habits they tend to keep. Young parents are often worried about not teaching their kids as well as their parents did. So they're likely to listen to grandma and grandpa and bring out the good old reward and punishment. Do your homework or you won't get to watch any TV tonight. But that's exactly the wrong move. Children aren't innately lazy. No one is. Just because kids don't consider the things we call work to be fun doesn't mean they're not motivated to do anything. Everyone has things they do without procrastinating. Kids never procrastinate on playing, and they don't judge their work. Isn't it odd that around the time we enter school, we first start to dislike things? Procrastination isn't an innate character trait. It's trained into us. A learned behavior. And we learn it in two ways. 1. School teaches us that work isn't supposed to be fun. It's the opposite of playing. You have to solve these math problems right now. 2. School teaches us that only the best is good enough. If we're not the best, we need to try harder. If work isn't fun and only being the best at work is worth something, then that's the perfect setup for procrastination. No one can ever possibly fulfill their own expectations and no one wants to get started in the first place. The Now Habit Lesson 2. Try to unschedule your life and build your work around your fun, not the other way around. This answers the question, how can I bring more childhood fun back into my life? And that's exactly the typical scenario you're left with if you have to give a presentation to your boss. Creating the slides doesn't sound like fun because people tell you it's not supposed to be. And boy, you better ace it or you might not have to come back tomorrow. So what do you do? You check Facebook. You open an empty PowerPoint file. Check Facebook again. Try to type a headline. Delete the headline. 
Then go to YouTube and watch Jamie Oliver make some delicious pasta. Jump to a TED talk and whoops, time to go home. But what if your schedule didn't show you all this work that's left to do? What if instead it showed you that your life isn't just work? That there's plenty of fun to be had with some work in between? That's what unscheduling is about. Fiore suggests you throw out your old calendar and schedule the pleasant things you want to do throughout the week. Like meeting a friend for lunch, going to the movies, riding your bike in the morning or taking a walk in the afternoon. Then let work fill up the rest of your time. Break your work into little chunks and chip away at it in short 30-minute Pomodoro blocks, in the gaps between fun activities. You can then book these hours into a working hours account and feel good about yourself. This technique has two major advantages. You show yourself that the focus is on the fun part of your life and the amount of time you have left to do work is limited. So you have to use it well. The now habit, lesson three. Note down your distractions to block them and evaluate their importance later. This answers the question, how can I rein in on my distractions? If you've read Getting Things Done, then this will sound very familiar. Fiore says that we let little interruptions take over our attention and day because we deal with them instantly. When you remember you have to buy paper towels, have a great idea you need to talk to a colleague about, or they remind you about a request, it seems to make sense to take care of it right away. In reality, this just distracts you from the important thing you're currently working on. To take care of these things before your focus shifts, keep a piece of paper or little notebook with you at all times and instantly note down potential distractors. This resembles the collection bucket from getting things done, but Fiore adds an important twist. Not only will doing this allow you to stay focused, it also gives you a chance to evaluate these tasks again later. At the end of your day, take a look at that day's list and ask yourself for all items on it, is this really that important? Do I have to do this at all? You'll often see things aren't nearly as urgent or important and save yourself a lot of time. My personal takeaways from the now habit for 2017. For this one, maybe I can share what my take on these practices is, how I've used them, why I might not use them, and so on and so forth. Um, first of all, I thought the school part was super fascinating, right? Like you go to school, you're told we're going to work here, it's not going to be fun, uh, but this is what you have to do later to earn your money and get a paycheck uh, and get a good job. Uh, this is what it's supposed to be like, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you have to be good, you have to perform well, you have to bring results, or otherwise you will never get a job. Um, and before that, like we're just kids and our job is to play all day and we love that. And and it's not even that play for children is unproductive, right? Because, we, yeah, they build Legos or sandcastles or whatever, but children create things all the time. So if we focused on a way to more naturally shift the kind of things kids create to to more useful things, right? Like writing books or uh, in a team creating, building robots or whatever their business or their work will, will later resemble, we would be much better off at naturally getting people to be productive without ruining for them by saying, like, it's not supposed to be fun. And then, of course, no one wants to do it. Um, unscheduling. So my calendar is not quite what New Fiora describes. Um, it's a little different. So I do schedule pleasant things, like when I go to the cinema with someone, I, I'm or 
I go to a party or something, I will put that on there. So yes, I do that. I don't do that for all pleasant things. So for me, it's more uh, not the regular things I do. So if I want to watch a TV show, right, I wouldn't schedule that. But I will schedule the things that I do with friends, arrange meetings, um, maybe not lunch meetings. I organize those more spontaneously, but, you know, slightly bigger things. So I will put those on there. The second thing I put on my calendar is obviously meetings and stuff where I have to meet other people and be on time. Um, then my, as long as there's classes, I, those are in my calendar, just as reminders for when they happen. And lastly, I schedule a few big blocks for important, the most important to-dos in my business and writing stuff, right? So like writing an article on Tuesdays is in there, um, writing a summary on Thursdays is in there, Inbox Zero is in there repeatedly throughout the week, and that's it. But those are just the cornerstones and the, the very repetitive parts, Um and the parts I look most forward to, right? Like writing articles, writing summaries, those are a lot of fun for me. So I put those there. And the rest, uh, I have a daily to-do list, most important tasks, I note those down. The rest, I just naturally arrange around that because for me, it's just very simple. When I look at a calendar that is crammed from six to six, I get paranoid. Like I know it's not gonna work. I know I will, because always unexpected things happen. So leaving more room in my calendar to breathe and let the tasks naturally extend into the time they need. They have deadlines, but they always change because I might take longer. That's been super powerful. Um, so that's been super helpful for me. It makes me feel a lot less stressed about my calendar. It looks good. It doesn't look too full. It feels very good. So, uh, you know, the only way to find out is to try. Uh, I definitely recommend scheduling pleasant things, especially something at the end of the week or on the weekend when you really want to take some time off. That could be super helpful. Um, I also recommend when you have something like a huge chunk of work, like for me right now, I just checked, I have to record another 220 or something summaries. So I know that'll take me a while. So sometimes what I'll do when I record some more in the evening is I will do like, okay, I'll do two to three summaries and then I'll watch an episode of... Entourage. I'm just watching Entourage right now. It's a fun TV show about Hollywood actors. Um, so I was like, okay, let me record for like 30, 40 minutes and then watch the TV episode of a TV show for 30 minutes, right? And that's totally fine to set up some little reward system and chunk it up into small blocks. Perfectly fine. But when you know, especially for things that take a while and take a long time or are a bit more repetitive or tedious, um, breaking it down and then chunking it and then mixing it with fun things in between can be super helpful to make you breeze through and lastly the distractions part getting things done collection bucket huge fan of this basically record all my small and little to do's that accrue throughout the week in a note and then take care of it on Fridays or take care of some of it on Fridays um, but recording your distractions and then ranking them I think in importance you could even label them 1 to 10 I think that's super helpful because if you can knock out your top three distractions by designing your environment in a way that the software blocks them or that you're just not where they're available, you keep your phone in your locker, whatever that is for you, um, that's super powerful. It's like an 80-20 of eliminating distractions and that has a huge upside for focus. So love this idea. Maybe David Allen got it from Neil Fiori because I think David Allen's book is slightly younger than this book. Um, but either way, both good concepts, collection bucket or noting your distractions. Highly recommend you try that. If you do it once, take stock for a week or even a day, eliminate the top three, top five, 
with some environment design and um, that will improve your productivity for a long time. So small exercise, big effect, exactly the kind of habit change I like. Uh, hope you enjoyed the now habit. Hope you will check out Dr. Neil Fiore and learn some more about his work. Um, and I will see you on the next summary.